You're listening to the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast, where we focus on taking your passion and turning it into your profits. Join us for interviews with business experts, industry influencers, and more. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Next Generation Cheer and Gymnastics Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are going to be talking about five tactics to help you stop making excuses. Now, before we get into the episode, make sure that you head over to the NG Cheer and Gymnastics Owners Facebook group, and you have requested to join that group if you are an owner of you are of a gym. If you are an all-star coach or a coach and owner, head over to our All-Star Cheer Coaches Facebook group and make sure you visit nextgenowners.com to subscribe to our blogs for all sorts of other great free content. Now, the last thing I'm going to ask you to do is please, if you enjoy this episode, share it with someone who needs to hear it. This is going to be a real one, guys. Like I'm going to be talking to you from the heart, from my personal experiences, personal experiences I'm having right now. So if you know someone who needs these five tactics to help themselves stop making excuses, then please make sure you share this episode with them. All right. So this weekend was a big one for me. It was a big one for a few reasons. Number one is it was my first weekend off in a couple of weeks due to our conference that was in Las Vegas, as well as competitions. Uh, it's competition season. And so my weekends off are few and far between. So I had some time to work on some neglected projects and also some projects just around the house. So I was doing some work and I was also doing uh, some honeydew list items uh, that some of them I didn't even know existed. We came up with a new project to redo our pantry, which has nothing to do with being a gym owner. But what is the point of owning a business and being a good business owner if I'm not a good husband, if I'm not taking care of my home? So it was absolutely worth the time. But it also gave me a little bit of time to work on some things for next gen, and it gave me a little bit of time to work on some projects for my companies. And one of those companies being Dream Camps, which I've talked about on some of the other podcasts. But what Dream Camps is, is it is a residential overnight cheerleading camp that started in Oregon, where we host individual athletes, uh, much like Woodward. Uh, used to do. And we host teams and residential camps for all-star programs and high school teams. And if you were at conference, I, I talked a little bit about what we do and what makes us unique. And we do private camps at gyms and we do private camps at high schools and uh, other schools like that that need someone to come to them and provide something. And we do choreography and some of those other things as well. But the big thing that we do is uh, our residential camp. And that that's really been my uh, my passion project. And I grew it from just being something we did per team uh, out at beach houses in Oregon to being the largest uh, residential camp in the state of Oregon, uh, bringing athletes from Washington uh, and Oregon. We've had athletes come from Canada, uh, from Mississippi. I mean, we've had athletes come from all over to come to Oregon to what I think is an absolutely amazing product that we offer. And it has been a goal of mine to uh, bring that product to other people who couldn't afford to come to Oregon. And while I have some irons in the fire to stand up some different opportunities, 
I've always made one major excuse when it came to expanding. And that excuse was, I didn't have another location. I didn't have another place to host it. And I just wasn't sure kind of where to start because the place that we currently host camp fell into my lap a little bit. It was actually where I went to camp as a college cheerleader for the University of Oregon. And so I had an established relationship with them. I actually had known the owners from uh, the owner's son from when we were in college. Uh, he was a little bit older than me, but we both went to the same university. And so there was a connection there. And and so it was a little bit easier. And especially with Woodward closing and no longer offering uh, individual cheerleading camps, I saw an opportunity to fill a need and to offer something amazing to people. But it was still just only in Oregon. And this weekend, I decided to stop making that excuse. And wouldn't you know it, I am currently in negotiations after this weekend to sign a contract tomorrow to host the first ever Dream Camps in Florida. We are going to be hosting a residential overnight Dream Camp event in Florida, literally the other end of the country, like huge deal. And it is all because I simply stopped making excuses. I went to a camp that I knew existed, that I knew could fit us. And I'm I'm not going to name the camp at the moment just because I, I haven't signed the contract. But once I do, I'm, I'll be happy to name it. Uh, you will, if you're from the area or you follow any of the uh, big name gym from Florida, you'll know because they also do their teams camp there. Um, but we are going to be hosting our first ever camp there. And it only happened because I just stopped making the excuses of I didn't know a location to go to or, well, all the different excuses for why that might not work. And I just took the risk and submitted uh, information form that said, hey, I'd like to book your camp. And they called me today and we had a wonderful like hour-long conversation and we picked dates and I started aligning things and already have like drummed up all this crazy interest, which is just interest at the time, but it's very promising and it's super exciting. And it would not have happened if I had just kept making the same stupid excuses I've been making for the last five years. Now, I was on a trajectory to expand. Uh, we were just going to expand north into Washington and then COVID hit. We had done one camp in Washington at a university. We were booked for the next summer to host two camps there. And then COVID struck us and it kind of negative, it obviously just killed everything. And the program we used to do camp for there hasn't yet returned to wanting to do that. Um, and hopefully they will sometime in the near future, but that's okay. We still host camps in Washington, just not a residential overnight one. So what are the five tactics that we're going to talk about to stop making excuses. So number one is going to be to set goals and make them visible. Number two is going to be to get an accountability partner. Number three, when you say you can't, do. Number four, find something that scares you and do it. And then number five, give yourself consequences. We call this like the enemy check or the enemy letter, something like that. And I'll go into more detail on all of these. So these are going to be our five key tactics to stopping make stop making excuses. Okay, so number 1 is to set goals and make them visible. So if you are not setting goals in your company or you are not setting goals with your personal life, then you're 
not going to be as efficient. Okay, you need to know where you are trying to go to figure out how to get there. So setting actionable, specific goals that you can accomplish is so critical to getting to a location. Now, a lot of you may set goals. You may even write them in your little journal or you may have them somewhere. But if you don't make your goals visible and known so you're reminded of them on the regular basis, they will easily become something that you start to neglect. So it is important when you make a goal to make those things visible to you. Make it so you see them. I know people who like to write their goals on their mirror. They'll write it on their shower door. They'll write it on their um, on a sticky note that sits on their computer. I think it's really important to do that. I also think it's important to change up where it is written because we are uh, trained to see the same thing. And if it is within the normal, we dismiss it. Like if you've ever noticed going in your gym and you still potentially have signs up that are like from the mandatory postings for COVID-19 and you've taken most of them down, but you just, you pass this one every single day, but you don't pay attention to it because it's just always there. Okay. You don't want your goals to be like that. You want them to be somewhere visible where they're going to remind you of the goal and it's going to keep you working towards it. It's going to keep those excuses down because you're going to want to accomplish that goal. You are going to be working towards that thing. Now, it's even better if your goals are not only visible, but they're communicated to someone else or they're visible to other people who are then going to hold you accountable, which takes me to my accountability partner concept. So number two is have an accountability partner. If you just have goals and you're the only one that knows your goals, then if you don't accomplish those goals, you're the only one that you know is disappointed. You're the only one that you have to explain it to, which we're human beings. We are really great at explaining away all of our mistakes to ourselves. We are really, really, really good at explaining why we did the bad thing that we did or the thing that we weren't supposed to do. I'm really, really good at dismissing the fact that I want to go eat a bowl of ice cream, even though I'd really like to shed five or 10 pounds, get in a little bit better shape, especially headed into Summit and Worlds and all those times where I'm going to be in Florida and wearing shorts and I don't want to look you know, bigger than I would like to be. Um, and that's all personal, right? But I make those excuses to myself, uh, just like we all do. So we can all make those excuses to ourselves, but it's a lot harder when we've communicated those goals to another person and that other person is holding us accountable. We know that we're going to have to get on the phone with that person and they're going to say, hey, where are we at on this goal? And you go, oh, well, uh, I haven't really done anything on it. And your excuses ring a lot more hollow when you're trying to explain them to someone else than they do to yourself. So sometimes getting help from another person, an outside entity can really make a big difference in stopping making those excuses. Okay. They're going to help hold you accountable. That's what an accountability partner is for. And then you get to do the same thing for them. It's a partnership. And so just like you want them to hold you accountable, you hold them accountable. Now, where do you find accountability partners? Well, there are a variety of ways to do it. Uh, we've helped some next-gen clients find accountability partners. I recommend that if you're looking for an accountability partner, you look for someone who is of relatively the same status as you are. So I wouldn't recommend an accountability partner of you're the owner and then you get one of your coaches to be your accountability partner because there's a power differential there and it, it really isn't going to make sense. Uh, try and find someone outside your organization. Now, if your accountability has nothing to do with 
with cheerleading, it doesn't have to do with work. Maybe you want to lose weight. Maybe your goal is a fitness goal and you have an employee who also has a fitness goal or who's willing, who's really good at fitness and they're willing to be your accountability at partner at that, but maybe they're bad with finances and you're really good at that and you want to be their accountability partner on finances. Maybe you can team up in that kind of a circumstance, but anywhere there's a power differential, you don't want to be accountability partners. That's not really a healthy relationship there. So make sure you're factoring that into your decision-making process on who becomes your accountability partner. All right. Now, when you don't have an accountability partner or you're in a position where you're struggling with something that you're not working with your accountability partner on, here is a challenge for you. And that is the number three tactic is when you say can't, instead do. So if you are saying, I can't send that email out to all of these people on my list because they might say no, that means it's time to send that email. Or I can't do this thing because of X, Y, and Z, then that means you need to find a way to do it. There's kind of two perspectives on this. So number one is there's a positive framing where if I have a can't concept in my mind, I'm not going to accomplish it. If I convert that to a do, it's much more likely that I'm going to bring that positive action into the universe. Now, my wife just recently did this with one of our one of our teams. They had had a really rough week. It was going into last weekend and they lost five different athletes due to injury or sickness or some other such thing. Uh, five athletes on one team and the team only has 17. So they lost almost a third of the athletes on the team and in the course of a week. And they had to replace them with crossovers that were not on the team. They were overall levelly ability. They had the leveled ability to participate on that team. Uh, they were higher level athletes crossing down, but they were replacing athletes literally 12 hours before they were competing. So it was a big stressor. And uh, she actually made the decision. She kind of talked to her co-coaches and she said, every time I say I'm stressed out or I'm really nervous or anything like that, I have to go say something positive to my team. And that was twofold. One is it positively framed things in her mind. And two, it she was feeling nervous, then it's likely the kids were feeling nervous. So her going and saying something positive was likely imparting confidence to those athletes. Now, did they have a perfect weekend? No. It's not a it's not a be all end all, but that's the kind of attitude you want to take with your excuses. When you're saying you can't do things, then find how to do them figure it out. Now, the other way you would frame this is if you've ever read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He has a really awesome section. It was my favorite section of the book uh, where he was talking about the rich dad, poor dad mindset. And one of the biggest things being when poor the poor dad model, um, the, the poor mindset is I can't afford that thing. I can't afford it. The rich dad mindset is, how do I afford that thing? What do I need to do to afford the thing that I need, the thing that I want? And it is simply, it's simply reframing. The person who's saying, how do I afford it? They still don't have the money in the moment. But instead of saying can't, which has a context of not ever available to do, not capable of doing, you are framing it to, how do I get to that point? And we as coaches, if you're a cheerleading coach, if you're a tumbling coach, how many of you have ever said the words, we don't say can't? 
because there's nothing you can't do. There's only things you don't know how to do yet. And that, I mean, I've said it to kids, say, don't say that word. Avoid the word can't. Instead, say things like, I don't understand how to do this yet, or I don't know how to do this yet. How do I get there? And then you learn the technique and the progression to get to the skill that you want to get to. So if you are making excuses and you have something you want to do and you're saying, well, I can't because, then that means that you need to do the opposite of the can't. I can't because I don't have enough money. Okay, well, then you need to find a way to make more revenue so you can do that thing. I can't because uh, I wouldn't be able to staff my classes if I let that employee go. That means you need to find an employee who can cover that or you need to figure out the schedule change to make that work. Okay, so instead of framing it as can't, frame it as what you need to do. Number four is find something simple that scares you and do that thing. It doesn't have to be massive, but as you start to take action in seizing control of your life and not allowing your life to control you, not allowing your excuses to control you, you actually will start to do that more naturally and more frequently. So start with those things that scare you, those things that you're uncomfortable doing and do them. So if you're a person who doesn't like to go and do sales at the front desk, you don't like to meet with a new client and talk to them, then make it a point to do that thing until it's no longer uncomfortable. If you are someone who is scared to coach a class by yourself as an owner, you maybe don't feel as confident in coaching the skills because you're the business owner. You're not really the cheer coach. Well, if that scares you, then you should learn how to do it and and do that thing until you're not scared of it, until it's not intimidating to you anymore. The amount of power that you will get as an owner, the, the feeling of empowerment you will have knowing you can talk the talk that your coaches are talking will be empowering. It will be awesome. Same thing would go from the business side. If you're like, I can't use my class management system or I can't get on my website and edit things. Well, find something that you're scared to do or that you feel like you're incapable of doing and then and then do it. Do that thing. Okay. Especially if it's something you're afraid of, especially if it's something you think you're going to fail at. Okay. The if you can't if you, when you say can't do, that's more of a simple, I said I can't do this thing, so now I'm going to do it instead. The find something that scares you and do it is a little different because it's a broader concept and it may take more time, it may take more repetitions than just simply, I said can't, so now I have to do it, if that makes sense. So we're, we're finding those things that scare you and we're taking action to do them. The last thing, the number five tactic is give yourself a consequence. And this is known, I, I think of this as like the enemy check or the enemy letter. Now, this was described to me by someone else uh, as something that they did. And I never was really comfortable to do it this way because it's not necessary how, necessarily how my brain works. But I think writing the letter would work better. Now, you could do it with an enemy or you could do it with a friend. Um, so the enemy concept is you if you have someone that you just really, really don't like and you're a person who's motivated by money, then you write a check for an amount that is not insignificant, not going to bankrupt you, but like something that you would not like to give away for free. And you write that check to the person you don't like. And it could be a parent that left your left you high and dry. It could be a former employee. It could be a million different things. 
you write them a check and you put it in an envelope and you make that agreement with yourself of if you do not, if you keep making excuses and you fail to achieve the goal, you fail to achieve the thing that you said you were going to do, then you mail that check to that person. Okay, There are people who are heavily motivated to not mail them that check. Now, you can also do it where you write them a letter telling them that, you know, you're sorry for the way things happen, an apology letter. I actually don't think that one's very motivating either. What I find more motivating is I'm going to write a letter to a loved one, to someone that I care about impressing and what they think of me, and I'm going to write them a letter apologizing for disappointing them. I'm going to take ownership. I am. I apologize for being a disappointment. I failed to execute on this, this, and this. Um, you deserve better, right? And then I put that in an envelope. And if I don't execute, I have to give that to that person. I will lay down in traffic before I have to send that letter telling someone how I let them down. Again, I can own it. Like I can disappoint myself all day long and I can dismiss those things and I can move forward. But if I have to look someone I respect in the eye or tell someone that I care about that I failed to deliver on something that I should have done, I, I the grates against my soul, like the teammate side of me who doesn't want to let their teammates down, I can't live with that. So you give yourself a consequence. Now, I'm just using these as examples. It could be a myriad of consequences. You could, uh, whatever motivates you, whatever is something that is something you're not going to want to do if you don't follow through on this thing, that is your consequence and that will should theoretically motivate you. Now, you it has to be something you carry through. You can't just say there's a consequence and then not give it to yourself. You actually have to do the thing. But giving yourself that consequence will help shut down those excuses. So then when you get up in the morning and you don't want to go work out because you're tired, you know that if you don't work out, that means you have to work out. For me, my, the consequence would be if I don't go work out, when I say I'm going to go work out, a great consequence for me would be the consequences then I have to go run two miles. I hate running. I like working out. I despise running. So if that's going to be my consequence for not doing my workout, I have to go run two miles that night or I have to run two miles the next day before I can do my lift. That would be motivation to like, nah, I don't want to run. I'm going to get up and do this. This is easier. Um, this is something I will enjoy more. Uh, give yourself those consequences that are going to motivate you to stop making those excuses and push past those excuses. Because generally speaking, excuses are just, they're weak. They're not really that strong. If they're not, if they're just a, they're, if they're an honest to goodness reason to not do something, that's not an excuse. That's like valid reasoning. And, but oftentimes we think things are valid reasoning that aren't like valid reasoning is I'm not going to put my hand on the hot stove because it will get burned. Right. That's a cause and effect. That is literally going to happen. If you put your bare hand on a hot stove, you will get burned. And that has no positive result. But if you are like me, I'm not gonna con I'm not gonna look at expanding dream camps because, well, there just aren't any locations. That's just a weak excuse. I needed to do research. Uh well, I'm not gonna reach out to them because they're just gonna say no. 
Well, they haven't said no. And if they do, I'm in the same place I always have been. So don't make that excuse. Like that is the weakest excuse. And it was one that it was in the back of my mind, or I'm not going to do that. I won't be able to staff it or the the dates won't work out. There'll be a conflict. Figure it out, right? I'm going to figure all that stuff out. Even though it's going to be a challenge, I'm going to figure it out because it's going to be what's best for my company. And what's best for my company is best for me, is best for my employees, is best for a lot of people. Plus I get to offer something I'm passionate about to more. So your, at, your excuses are absolutely 100% holding you back from achieving everything you're capable of achieving. And this doesn't, it doesn't matter who you are. We all have excuses that are holding us back. You may be the most disciplined person in the world. I would be willing to bet you have some sort of excuses that are holding you back from achieving the things that you're capable of achieving. You must overcome them. If you haven't listened to my Do What Scares You episode, it's worth giving a listen to as it has some very similar themes. And I will actually post a link to that episode uh, in the show notes for this if you're if you're looking for it. So you can get that episode as well. And I'll tell you all, I'm actually at a critical road at the moment in both of these, right? I already talked about the making excuses and how I'm booking a camp in Florida and how I'd been making excuses and I pushed past that and I'd always made excuses for why it wouldn't happen. Well, on top of that, I am doing something I have always made excuses for and has terrified me, which is leaving my full-time job. My last day will be February 2nd. Okay, at the time of this recording, that is six more days of work and then I'm done. I am leaving my full-time job and I am going full-time with the companies that I have started. And for years, I gave myself the excuses of I would never leave the stability, the health insurance, and everything else that it offers. But the reality is I can never find out how high I can climb if I stay connected to the rung I'm currently on. I have to be willing to take that risk. I have to be willing to put myself out there. And then if I start to climb, I don't know how high I can go. And it's it's scary, but it's exciting. And I've made all these excuses over all the years. And at the same time, I'm scared. I'm, I'm excited. I'm elated. I have all these different feelings. But the most of it is, is I am free to decide where I go, to choose my destiny, to choose what happens. I don't have to get up and go do a 40 hours a week, what really a lot of times 60 hours a week, plus everything else I'm doing. I get to make that decision. And that's freaking awesome. So you can do that too. And I know some of you listening to it have listening to this episode have left your jobs and you are now full-time at your gyms. You've already taken the risk. You beat me to it. So stop making excuses on why your gym isn't as good as it can be. Stop making excuses why you can't enforce the standards you want to enforce in your program. Stop making excuses for why you're never going to be the team that can go and win all these competitions. Those are all excuses. You find a way. So leaving this episode, your action to take is this. Write down the things you, that have been making that you have been making excuses not to do. 
That could be firing an employee, giving an employee a raise, or maybe it's paying yourself. Whatever those things are, I want you to write them down. The more excuses you have not to do them, the better. Write it down. Then determine how to stop making those things, items you're excusing yourself not to do, and make them your goals. So take those things that you're making excuses to not do and make it your goal. And then systematically attack those goals, starting with the one that you can accomplish the easiest. So if one of those things that you make excuses to do is seize control of your fitness, that may be the easiest one to attack because you're solely in charge. Get on a get on a nutrition plan. Make go get a membership and go to the gym 3 times a week. Start taking control of your fitness. Maybe it is to spend more time in prayer, reconnecting with with your faith. Maybe it is to spend more time with your kids. Those are all things that are very worthy and we make excuses for not doing enough of. Because, oh, well, this email has to get answered or this client really needs my help. Write those things down too. Don't let it just be about your business. It's about you and the things that you make excuses for. Write them all down and find the easiest one to accomplish, and then systematically attack them. You can do it. If you need help, please reach out to me. I'm not joking. Reach out. My inbox has been flooded after a couple of episodes, and I personally respond to every single Facebook message, every single email I get, If you are talking to me, you're not talking to an autoresponder, you're talking to me, I want to talk to you, I want to help you, I want to be there for you. So don't feel bad. If you need help in one of these areas, reach out to me. I'm here. I've probably been in some sort of a similar circumstance, maybe not the exact one, but if it's related to business or cheer, I've probably been through it or I know someone who's been through it and I might be able to give you some advice. I might be able, or just be a sounding board for you. Be someone to encourage you. Okay, if you're looking for how to email me, it's dan at nextgenowners.com. If you want to find me on Facebook, it's just Dan Cotton. Look for the bald guy wearing a suit jacket, smiling. That's me. You'll see a bunch of mutual friends if you follow people in NextGen or if you haven't seen me post on Facebook. All right, like reach out, please. I want to be there to support you. All right, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you're having a wonderful week. Remember, if you're looking for other great podcasts, you must check out the Let's Talk Cheer podcast with Jason Larkins. My friend, he has amazing episodes. I just listened to his most recent one today. Uh, Absolutely loved it, talking about what competitions are prestigious and what makes a competition prestigious. Uh, He does question and answer. It's such an interactive podcast, which is one of the things I really love about it. You can really feel that, that care and the attention uh, for the listeners. So you got to check out that podcast. It's absolutely fantastic. With that, thank you for listening. Please share this episode with anyone you think would get something beneficial out of it. Anyone you think needs these five tips to stop making excuses in their lives. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. 
If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.